everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of the Hydrogen Nowcast for February 4th, 2022. The Hydrogen Nowcast is sponsored by New Day Hydrogen, who's helping fleet owners meet their zero-emission vehicle needs. If you're with a fleet or transit operator, and your fleet is wondering how to convert to zero-emission vehicles but still meet your operational needs, New Day Hydrogen can help by providing public hydrogen fuel stations and showing you the available fuel cell trucks, vans, and buses. To find out more information about both vehicles and fueling, visit the NewDayHydrogen.com website, where you can also submit requests on the contact page. Well, it was bound to happen sooner or later. My dog ate the podcast. Yeah, that's right. He ate it. Now, you wouldn't think a dog could eat a podcast, but it was on a memory stick and he just swallowed it. I thought it might come out in time for this episode, but nope, nothing. All right, all right, I'm I'm joking. However, the guest that I did have lined up for this episode left the company we were going to talk about. So obviously we called off the recording. So what's a podcaster to do? Well, some podcasts might just play a previous episode. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate when they do that. I've already heard the podcast, and if I want to listen to it again, I can just play it. But here on the Hydrogen Nowcast, we have much higher standards. So what I'm going to do is just wing it. <laughs> but, but seriously, what I am going to do on the podcast today is to respond to a question from a Hydrogen Nowcast listener, because it's such a great question with an equally great answer. So what the listener wanted to know is why I place so much emphasis on hydrogen for transportation on the podcast. So to start to answer this question, I think it's important to first consider the broader question that everyone in the hydrogen space needs to constantly keep in mind. And that question is, why hydrogen? Why are we advocating for the use of hydrogen at all? And the answer, of course, is to decarbonize our energy system. If it weren't for the need to decarbonize, we really wouldn't bother with hydrogen at all. We'd just keep using fossil fuels. Now, just to review, the sources of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases fall kind of broadly into five categories. First, our electrical system, in other words, the grid. Agriculture, which includes both crops and livestock. Home and building heating. Industrial processes. And lastly, of course, transportation. Now, it's becoming clear that decarbonization in some of these areas has already begun, and I don't really feel the need to jump in and help. For example, most electric utilities have pretty substantial plans and commitments to convert to renewable energy in the next few decades. In agriculture, there's a movement to go to no-till farming, and the organic food movement is getting us away from chemical fertilizers, pesticides, fungicides, and herbicides, which kill the biota in the soil that sequester carbon. Now, industrial processes are too high cost for me to make much of an impact as an individual. And lastly, I don't really see a cost-effective solution for building heating. So back to the listener's question, why am I focusing on transportation? Well, for a couple of reasons. First, I see this as an area where I, as an individual, can have a significant impact. And most importantly, I think transportation is an area where hydrogen's role is the least appreciated. And the reason it's the least appreciated is because to really understand hydrogen's role for transportation, you need to look at the numbers. And by that, I mean a solution may sound really appealing until you start looking at the quantities or the numbers to implement it. Now, H.L. Mencken put it really well when he said, 
For every complicated problem, there's a solution that's simple, direct, understandable, and wrong. So here's an example. Hundreds of years ago, people thought that maybe they could fly if they could design just the right wing to strap to their arms. But they neglected to look at the simple math of the power to weight ratio. And I consider converting transportation from petroleum to renewable energy as another example of a complex problem that needs to be looked at in detail to be appreciated. In other words, success is in the details. Now, another reason I'm so keen on hydrogen for transportation is that we need to decarbonize 100% of vehicles. And why do I say 100%? And that's because we've dumped so much carbon dioxide into the atmosphere that we have to cut emissions to zero. And frankly, we needed to cut our emissions 50 years ago or more. But it's even worse than that. Even if we were to completely stop emitting carbon dioxide tomorrow, the Earth's temperature would still continue to rise because of carbon dioxide that's already emitted. So we not only need to stop emitting, but we need to actually pull carbon out of the air if we want to maintain the conditions on Earth as they've been during the history of humans. So it's not good enough to come up with alternatives to petroleum vehicles that only work for some of the people some of the time. We need solutions that work for 100% of the people and 100% of the use cases. So if we need to convince 100% of the people in businesses to convert from petroleum vehicles to something else, how do we do that? Well, obviously, we need to offer them something that performs as well or better than what they have now. And also that it's just as convenient or even more convenient to use. Otherwise, the majority of people just won't switch. So what are the alternatives to petroleum vehicles? Well, battery EVs and fuel cell EVs, of course. Now, I'm continually frustrated when I listen to people speak about alternative transportation and they fail to even talk about or acknowledge fuel cell EVs. I guess there's several reasons for that. I mean, the most obvious is that without hydrogen fuel stations, no one can even really consider fuel cell EVs. By contrast, anyone can buy a battery EV and find some place to charge it. So fuel cells in most cases aren't even considered as part of the solution. The other reason is, although people acknowledge the limitations of battery EVs, for example, range and charging time, there's a mistaken belief that someday this will magically be solved. I think this belief comes from comparing battery EV progress to other technology we've all become dependent upon. For example, computers continually get faster and computer memory devices get bigger and cheaper. In fact, Gordon Moore from Intel famously coined his Moore's Law, which states that the density of transistors on an integrated circuit doubles every 18 months. But this is not the case for one fatal flaw of battery EVs, which is charging time. Charging time is not a function of the battery. The limitation is the huge amount of energy that you need to transfer to the vehicle in a short amount of time. So if you say, well, what if some really clever person invents a battery that has 10 times the energy density of batteries today? Then we won't care about large, heavy vehicles or driving long distances. Of course, only a fool would say that that will never happen, but it's clear it's not going to happen for at least a decade, or we'd be hearing about it now. But the climate can't wait, even another day. We need solutions now. We can't wait for a technology miracle that may never come. So obviously, though, if you're someone who doesn't care about charge time or range, battery EVs are great. However, here's a newsflash. A whole bunch of people do care about charging time and range. So remember that I said we need solutions that satisfy all of the people all of the time? 
That's why we need fuel cell EVs. So back to the listener's question, why do I place so much emphasis on hydrogen for transportation? It's because if we fail to deploy fuel cell EVs, we will fail to decarbonize transportation. And I think a great number of people and leaders don't understand this. So I'm working to try and get the word out about this, as well as to try to do something about it. And this means hydrogen for all vehicle sizes. You know, too often I hear people say, well, hydrogen might be great for commercial vehicles, but batteries are fine for passenger vehicles. Obviously, they haven't talked to the people or the car salesmen. When you do talk to people or you do talk to car salesmen, you'll find out that a large number of people don't want to put up with the delays caused by charging on longer trips or be stressed out with range anxiety if their plans change. We have to acknowledge that there's a large variety of vehicle uses that demand extended vehicle performance. Now, if you consider the United States, really the primary mode of transportation is a car. In most parts of the U.S., we don't have trains or much public transit, as exists in Europe and many countries. The U.S. is also more spread out and less densely populated, which again means people drive longer distances than many other places in the world. And that's why we need vehicles that are practical for these longer distances, and this means fuel cell EVs. Of course, if we're going to have fuel cell EVs, we need hydrogen fuel stations to support them. And since there are few hydrogen stations outside of certain places like California, Japan, Korea, and Germany, and other places, we need to get busy and build hydrogen stations everywhere. We have no time to lose. Well, listeners, if you enjoy listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please subscribe to the podcast and also give us a rating in your podcast app. A good rating helps us be discovered by other people. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. Once again, I'd like to thank New Day Hydrogen for sponsoring the Hydrogen Nowcast. New Day Hydrogen is working to build out and deploy hydrogen infrastructure to enable any of us to convert to zero emission vehicles. And lastly, if you'd like to contact me, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me through the website at www.colorado-hydrogen.org or on LinkedIn. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye.